When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, now two, now three, two. Check sound speed. Stop speed. Stop Are we rolling? Stop rolling. counting. Stop counting down. You're on the air. <laughs> Act like you've done this before. No, just like Jose Bautista. I don't know how. There we go. Get rid of that. There, I'm ready. Okay, sound speed rolling. Three, two. Sibilance, sibilance. Check, check. Sibilance. Remember the Tom Hanks sound check guy on Saturday Night Sibilance, yeah. sibilance. I think we've started every single podcast with the same. Probably. Us just, using. Are we on? <laughs> are we on yet? Oh, uh, is my is my mic? Are we hot? Um, okay. Isn't it Daniel Murphy again? Okay. No one said, who's fuck? listening to he the just audio. Another home run. Did he? No one who's listening to the audio knows what you're talking about, though. Okay. Here we are. Here we are. I can't, it is, I can't see me pointing at my TV. For the listener, Andy is pointing at his TV, which I can't even see because it's off screen. And he's well, if I turn pointing- I would get sued by TBS and Major League Baseball for un- yes. unauthorized retransmission or rebroadcast. How come they don't have to read that on the air anymore? Remember, that was like a big deal yeah. in the broadcast. So tonight, yeah. the broadcast is brought to us by uh, the Milwaukee Brewing Company. This is Polish Moon. It's a milk stout. It's very good. And I'm already pretty well drunk, so this could really be this could really be a mess. I'm drinking. But let's let's Kirk- drink a whole thing. You're drinking vodka, right? I'm drinking Kirkland vodka and yeah, Kirkland you're, sparkling water. You're screwed. We're not we're not making it through this whole thing. We should introduce the podcast because we never do that. Welcome to the. Uh, what are we? Are we still the other? 15%? Well, you didn't. You, no, you didn't like. I renamed it the Discipio Podcast, and you had a problem with that. I didn't have a problem with that. Well, I, I just stopped calling it. Okay, cool. Um, welcome to the Cubs NLCS. How how weird does that sound? Brought to you by Fan Kings and Draft Duel or whatever it is. But oh, I'm still oh, waiting for the check. They sponsor good, everything. No, why don't on, they that, sponsor us? That's a good. Uh, that's a good um, uh, uh, opening story. I was just actually with a buddy of mine, and I haven't read the Grantland article yet because it's Grantland, and I don't read that site, but. I bookmarked it for later reading. Hey, a little Beasley. Uh, I bookmarked yeah, uh, it for later he's reading. Horribly depressed. Um, apparently, there are some shady happenings with, shockingly, with FanDuel's and um, DraftKings. And my buddy pointed out, he's like, "This, yes." And this, he's a, he's a super sharp guy. He's always sort of thinking. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's very he's very sharp, and he goes. This yeah, that could be. It could be that they're that they're that they're you know doing something under the board. He's like, but you can make so much more money by running those sites legitimately. Why would they be? And he's like, I I think it's a smear. I think it's a smear campaign by the NFL because they're going to do their own thing. That's possible. That's didn't they say that's a way more reasonable explanation than they're actually doing something under the board because they would make a fortune on idiots by paying out not that much. By paying out a, a, just a fraction of what they're making, my brother-in-law, who's a pretty sharp guy, uh, actually signed up for one of the two, and you know he made like fifty bucks yeah. after putting in you know ten or whatever, and thinks he's gonna retire. At well, 50. didn't they say that the the average person wins less than twenty dollars, and they they don't pay out until you get to like thirty? So they basically. Yeah, you win twenty bucks, but then you have to you have to keep playing because they're not going to pay out, and then you end up losing it, and they end up with all your money. So technically, you won, but you never actually win. How and, and then how a few much? people, a few people win a shitload of money, but they don't care. Right. I mean, somebody somebody's got to win, so they can put them on the commercial. Otherwise, right. nobody would play. And they uh, want that to be me. How much are the people that are putting that are winning twenty bucks putting in? Is the question. Yeah. Well, okay. it's like the time that my. College girlfriend and I went to the boat in Aurora, and <laughs> she had sixty bucks to spend. She lost it within twenty minutes. 
So then I was up, and I gave her some money, and she gambled that the rest of the night. And she came home, and somebody said, how did we do? And she's like, I won $10. I'm like, you didn't win $10. You lost $60 of your money, and you lost like 100 of mine. And, you, you, yeah, you have a $10 bill in your pocket, but you lost $150. So that's, what, that's the kind of mentality that they're going for. That seems pretty reasonable that you only had to pay $60 to get a college girl to come to the boats with you. Well, it was NIU. I suppose they had to spend that much. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the uh, DraftKings um, Fan Duels <laughs> Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, no, welcome to the welcome to the National League Championship Series, Chicago Cubs. For the, first the Cubs time. are the only team in the NLCS right now. You're right. They I are. I think it should stay that way. I like the fact that the Cardinals are the only team that were not able to take a DS to Game Five. That's I don't, very I don't know satisfying. I don't know if you read the research Ed Hardig and I did, but this <laughs> think about this: the Cubs have never lost a postseason series against the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Cardinals have still never won a postseason series against the Cubs. How about Very that? true. Uh, how about this statistic that got tweeted out today? The last three teams that have beaten the Cardinals in the postseason have all won the World Series. And anyone who's a rabid listener to the whatever the hell this podcast is called is very aware that last week or last whenever we did the, the DS preview, um, we both – predicted the Cubs getting past the Cardinals and winning the World Series. Well, I, I say, How about this? I believe we picked the Cubs in four. We then picked the Blue Jays and the Royals, and that looked like that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, And then true. that happened. And I honestly don't remember. I think I may have picked the Dodgers. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. I think I picked the Dodgers too, but whatever. There's no recorded evidence of it. It just shows what big brains we have. <laughs> Well, if you recall, did I brag about this? Oh, no, I didn't because it was DS Preview. I tweeted at the world, or no, I guess I tweeted at uh, Sylvie that Solero was going to go off in the right before when he started game two. I said Solero was going to go off, and he reached base nine straight times, what, nine of 11 times in the, in the Cardinals series? Did he really go off? I mean, big deal. <laughs> Much of those were walks. Those aren't even hits. Like oh. Dusty would say, he was clogging a base. Most of the time, I loved it when he finally made an out. TBS showed his batting average; it was eight hundred. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, so you were at Game Four. Yes, and do you know something right. completely historical happened during that series? Um, yesterday, Bull Jim Carrey lost his virginity. <laughs> yesterday, he's lost for- it to a man many times. Both, both you and I both wrote something on our blogs. That it was a historical moment. Yeah. So no, it was. I I have never I had never been to a postseason game at Wrigley Field. Two thousand three, when I was in law school, uh, I drove through the night to Atlanta to see Game Two, to see Hampton load the bases in the first inning and wriggle off the hook somehow. Watch the the only game they lost in Atlanta. Of course, I was at. Um, and I almost got in a fight with like a 12 year old in front of me that was very, very <laughs> lippy. Uh, and, and cause I knew I wasn't going to be able to get tickets at, at Wrigley and I'd see all these but people. In your, in your defense, she looked way older than 12. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so this was my first postseason experience at Wrigley field. It was, I'm sure everyone that has the, the nerdiness for the Cubs to listen to this podcast has already seen the video of the guy a mile from Wrigley Field that recorded the last out and recorded everyone singing Go Cubs Go a mile away. You can hear it clear as day. I've never I've never experienced a sports moment like that. It was Okay. Bad. Well since you were there, what was what was the mood? Because we could kind of tell at home, after four pitches into the game, when Steven Pashgotti, whatever his name is, hit the home run. So what was it like in the stadium right then? Okay, couldn't, um, couldn't have been good. Now I wasn't there in two thousand in, in two thousand three. Um, people clen- people tensed up, tensed up, and the guy I was with goes, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And of course, I'm a Hamill hater, so I immediately was was frustrated. Um, and if you're keeping score, I called the Schwarber home run in Pittsburgh two pitches before it happened. 
I called Solaire going off when Hamill stepped to the plate because we were very bitter already by the time Hamill stepped to the plate with two outs and two on. I turned him and I go, well, at least Hamill can hit a little. Hamill, Hamill promptly lines the first pitch he sees in the center to start that big inning. Um, it, it was, I suspect the atmosphere was better than it was in 03 because I think, I think people are starting to get deconditioned from, I hope. oh, here we go again. And there was a brief, I, and I definitely felt it myself, and that's that's what I had posted in my in my blog. I felt it myself. I felt that like, oh God, they're going to do this to us again, and we're going to lose this game, and then we're going to go back to the, to St. Louis, and they're going to beat us eleven to nothing, and it's going to be, and then every, and then Sox fans are going to flood my fucking Facebook page and be obnoxious and and say that we're same old Cubs because this is not the same old Cubs team, and that was sort of the tone of your article as well, but. Um, there was a brief moment, I think, that everybody allowed themselves. All right, I'll go on off on a tangent here. Do you remember, you watched Lost, right? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite moments in Lost is when Matthew Fox's character, Jack Shepard, uh, is, is his first episode, um, he's the pilot, he's getting Kate Evangeline Lilly to stitch him up. And he and he, she's like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And he says, he tells the story, he's like, the first time I was in surgery, I... I cut a girl's like uh, neural sac or whatever, whatever the hell her spinal, he cut her spinal cord basically open. Um, and he's like, and the, you know, this unabashed terror that sort of washed over me. He's like, I let my, I like counted to five. He's like, I let myself have it. I counted to five. And then I just stitch her back up and everything was fine. And I feel like the crowd felt that way. It's like, we all had like our panic moment where we all looked at each other. We're like, God damn it. We're four pitches in and we're already down to nothing. Everyone looked at each other. We remembered what's been going on this whole season. We all kind of took a breath, and to be in, I, I think that was the only panic that happened in that park. There was no panic from the Cubs whatsoever. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Was what was it like after Piscotty hit the home run? But then what was it like after Javi hit his? Bedlam. It was bedlam. Yeah. I, I. It was. It was almost as loud as the final out. And. Before I forget, because you've been drinking and I'm drinking vodka, um, Pat Hughes is a goddamn national treasure, and we all know that. His, if you haven't heard his call of the final out, I I don't think it was pre-written. I don't think he pre-thought about what he was going to say. It is beautiful. It's yeah. it, it it is beautiful. I mean, it, it's poetry. It's it's he's poetic, and I oh, hope he's he is the whole. When they got to two strikes, and he says, "I wish you could all be here That's exactly this right about. here, right now." I mean, here's a guy who the tying runs on. If you listen to the now, the one that's true poetry to me. If you listen to the Cardinal call, and they have the MLB when you do the seat yeah. cut or whatever they call that thing, you listen. To, Pat does his, then Brian Anderson does his, then they play the Cardinal one, where Rooney gets all excited and says, "Well, Piscotty hit a home run in the ninth inning yesterday," and then. Piscotty strikes out, and Mike Shannon goes into a horrible but very, very enjoyable depression. Yeah. <laughs> there, there they are, celebrating on the field. Uh, they're jumping up and down on each other. Yep. Uh, we'll be right back. It's like, fuck you. Just shove it up your ass, you goddamn drunk driver-enabling cocksucker. It's terrific. It is terrific. Um, I mean, the it, it's a shame that the soundtrack of the postseason, and I love MLB.com. The site is a mess. Like it, it sucks. The blackout restrictions are so antiquated and stupid. But the video cuts that MLB.com does. I mean, I I probably spent after having sat through that game because I wasn't hearing anything. I think I watched everything that I possibly could from the game on MLB.com um, just to relive it and just to see to hear how it's because I knew how it sounded to me. It was insanity it was the loudest i've ever heard anything um to hear how it sounded because i my, my only barometer is is watching games on tv like games of this magnitude on tv and to hear it to hear it the reaction on tv was just uh it like it it's it's a you know it's well we've been waiting for a long time for this so in wrigley which was louder when Rizzo hit the home run in the sixth to give him the lead back, 
or when Schwarber hit the fucking ball to the moon that somehow bounced off the moon and landed on top of the scoreboard? I, that's a really good question. I think it was definitely – well, I, you know, I wasn't – it didn't have a decibel meter. But I just anecdotally, I think it was louder for Rizzo yeah. by virtue of the fact that no one could believe that Schwarber <laughs> hit that ball. There was yeah. this eruption, and then everyone was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, I think it, it was, was like Eckersley's reaction. Eckers, what, what, what was Eckersley's? What was Eckersley's what he goes, what in the world? Yeah, what in the world? Like that was, <laughs> it was like, it was like watching an alien land in center field and just walk out. Like that, that was, everyone was like, oh, it was, it was surreal. It was surreal. I woke up the next morning and I like did like a check of like, I was like, did that, that happen? Right. Like that, that. They did it. They took three in a row from the best team in baseball. When you watch the replay, the the Rizzo one obviously is the most. It was the most important hit of the entire mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. You know, given the lead back, they never lost it. They won the series. Warner hits his. He gets between second, and third base. It gets so loud, and people are jumping up and down. So the camera actually starts to bounce. All the TBS cameras are bouncing. Oh God. And so it just gives you an idea of how ridiculous, I know, how up for grabs Wrigley was. And then it does the same thing when Hector strikes out for Scotty down the game. The center field camera is just all over the place because the place is just up for grabs. It was, oh, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So well, I'm watching, watching our good friend Cap and Todd Hollinsworth on the roof of, I don't know where they were, the Cubby Bear or somewhere for the post game, I kept getting frustrated that they weren't going into the clubhouse for the post game. But then we figured out why the clubhouse is too small for them to actually celebrate in for this kind of celebration. So they knew they had already told Comcast that the out on the field to actually do the celebration because they literally can't pop champagne corks in that little bitty clubhouse because it's the ceiling is like six and a half feet high. Um, let me tell you something. It's not quite that small because I got a text from a buddy of mine that I went to high school with. I'm going to redact the name. He sent me a picture of inside the clearly taken on a cell phone um, of the of the Wrigley the clubhouse celebration. The text was my buddy blank was standing by a door when all of the media came up. He pretended he was talking to Jim Rose and got into the locker room for 45 minutes. He drank champagne and partied with all of them until security got wise and had him tossed. Um, unreal. Oh, and so I, I did. I, I guess I could screen share this for the people that are actually watching this, but um, or maybe I shouldn't. I don't know what pictures are on my thing. I'll try. It won't very, be the worst thing we've ever done. <laughs> I have a good. Um, I have a picture of. Um, yeah, I can just do this here. Uh, uh, I, I got very, very close to Todd Ricketts because the guy I was watching the game with and I um, had... Was his, uh, was his super hot French wife there? Because I get no. to no. uh, And I didn't see where Eddie Vedder was, although he was obviously down there as well. But um, Well, he's very tiny. He's hard to yeah, see. He's tiny. He, he is real small. Um, but we got we got very close to... Uh, I mean, we, we, we nobody left for about the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, when we got to the people, some people stuck around just to enjoy the celebration. Um, and you know, we, we, by that time it cleared out enough where we were able to get right up against the, against the bricks. So, um, you know, share this in one second. So we, uh, um, got to, got to high five Todd, uh, which is right. Am I sharing? There we go. Okay. There, no, so, that's me. Hi, is this? Did it work? Oh yeah, there it is. There he is. So we were we were right up there, enjoying ourselves with uh, with Todd. So it's with those specs. Okay, Does he got Madden's old glasses. Now let me ask you this. Now, because the now Joe wears Joe wears mine now. He wears these. With the, you know, with the yeah, look at that. Um, Who knew I was so hip? You are so hip. Uh, yeah, this, I'm the best. These black shirts, my mom was complaining about them. She's like, why do they put on black shirts? This has got to be an MLB thing, right? Because the yeah. Royals also – okay, so that's – the Royals yeah, also – the, 
the Blue, the Blue Jays had him on last night too. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, okay. So that I like was my... the, I went to the Dicks here today, and they don't have him yet. I was going to buy one. Very good. Good story. Um, yeah. That it's reminds more of an me. Anecdote yeah. <laughs> That reminds me of all the callers to the score. Yeah, I'm gonna. I went over to Dick's to try to buy a Cub jersey. They're all They're sold out. out. The only uh, one I could get as I got a Jonathan Herrera. That was the only one I could get. Oh, Johnny Buckets might very well be on the NLCS roster because Addison is out. That's true. Jonathan Herrera will be the type of guy. He will be the Orlando Cabrera of this team. The uh, the only time. Well, I had a, a strange phenomenon in the last two games. About the sixth inning, I was not breathing. I'm like, holy shit, how can there still be this much time left? You know, this, these many outs left to get. But when... Uh, Wait, in the sixth, they were still tied, right? Yeah, well, both games, three and four, I was like, oh, God, it's only the sixth. Yeah, <laughs> um, three was nerve-wracking. The, I knew, I just knew Tony Cruz was going to get that goddamn hit. Because that's the kind of shit that happens in the Did playoffs. You? Some... You know, it's just the worst player in the league, maybe. And yeah. he swings late, and he hits the thing down the right field line, and except it ties maybe, the game. Except maybe David Ross. Well, David I, Ross, who I love you, hit, David Ross, if you're listening, hit, hit the home run that won the World Series for the 2013 Red Sox. Great. He's going to come up huge in this series against whoever. I, Wait, is that your prediction? Because my Solar prediction came up. I'm not going to say anything until the series starts, but I'm going to... Hey, Lucky Cubs, just tweet your reactions at me, and I will bless one of you with my prognostication <laughs> powers to, to go off in the next series. Sorry, go ahead. Tony Cruz got that hit. No, it just pissed me off, because I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. That's the kind of shit that happens in the playoffs. You know, frickin' Sal Butera, or whatever his <laughs> name is. You know, for the Royals and Tony Cruz. Um, now, be the Cubs, because the Cubs don't have a shitty player other than David Ross, that can't happen for us. Jason we have Hamill. good players come through. The Cubs do yeah, have a shitty player. That's why it happened. Jason Hamill is a shitty player, and he's still a shitty player. And I, I tweeted out before the game that this is why I accidentally called um, Ivy Drip an idiot because I thought he was Chuck. Um, I tweeted out that, and I apologize, I tweeted out that. Uh, if Hamill had the start in game four that Arietta had in game three, I would be through the roof, like happy with that. And um, he, he said something like, y'all, you should be running from the hills. I thought it was Chuck, our beloved idiot friend <laughs> Chuck. So I, I went off on him. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. It's funny how quickly we came to expect so much from Arietta that this, and it wasn't a good start, but it wasn't a bad start. And everyone's like disastrous and throwing around words like that. And it's like, eh, all right, let's, let's I mean, calm you, down a little bit. When, when you figure that he pitched on a night when the wind was blowing out to right field, right. like 30 miles an hour, and he still he struck out nine, he made it into the sixth, he left with the lead. And of the all four, all four series were playing that day, he had the longest start. Of anybody, yep. of any of those eight starters that day, and you could tell. Yeah, I mean, you could even tell in the first inning that he did not have his command. So, like Joe, as much as said that when they interviewed him, which was he's not finishing his pitches, but he's somehow battling through it. Exactly, he just willed his way through whatever five and thirds, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, this is this is, feels like one of those teams. Um, I w- it would have been nice if Kansas City and Toronto had both lost because oh wait a minute I even even asked you how do you feel about your favorite player getting bounced from the playoffs? Well, I mean he, how about the fact that he hit that home run and he hit it in the third? Oh, I can't do the math. <laughs> he hit it in the third inning, and the uh, the Astros didn't get another runner in the entire game. Yeah. Quinto retired the last 19 guys. The only guy who'd ever retired the final 19 batters of a playoff game was Don Larson when he threw his perfect. Oh, game. God. So if one for Louie, they'd have gotten shut out. Yeah, it's it's horrible that he's not around. That was that was going to be destiny. It was going to be the Cubs Astros um, with Louie turning heel in game seven <laughs> and intentionally throwing. 
intentionally throwing the ball away to let the Cubs win the World Series. I he mean, just comes out with a folding chair and just hits yeah. Kegel in the back. It's a, the ball, well, the ball gets hit to Carlos Correa, and he goes to make a throw, and Louis hits him with the chair, <laughs> and the ball goes flying in the left field, and Schwarber just runs around the bases in the Cubs. Okay, that's a great segue. Can we talk about the seventh inning of yesterday's Toronto game? Um, I don't, I, th- you know, I was an official scorer for a professional baseball team. I, I know yeah, you bring it up all the time. And I, watching that happen, thought, oh, that's a dead ball. And it's not. And Dale Scott screwed it up. But I think the person who doesn't get enough credit is, however you say his name, Rufred Odor, yeah. for just saying, fuck it, I'm going to score. Yeah, why Because if he, he doesn't score then they have to just put him back at third base. Right. Um, but then you get the Cub 2008, every infielder gets to make an error yeah. thing. And that was Except worse. Was only one. Those were, and it was mostly Elvis. He yeah. made most of the errors. Yeah, it was amazing. And then I can't believe in 2015 that Jose, I'm going to say it like the, like the Blue Jays announcers say it, Jose Bautista. Get shit for that bad flip. Yeah. The guy just hit a home. I mean, he hit the home run. He knew the game was over. It's the seventh inning, but he just won the game. Second. If I was him, I would have, I would have like taken my pants off and had sex with the bat at home plate, and still expected that everyone was just going to cheer me. I mean, I, he did a badass thing. He gets to do the badass bat flip. I mean, I don't also, know how anybody can actually be mad at him. Also, that was a fucking badass bat flip. <laughs> like that yeah. was like a. Scary, intimidating backflip. You're right. It was the second biggest home run, obviously, other than Carter in in franchise history, probably. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it was it was it was aggressive, and Cap is through the roof about it. But um, you know what? I what, like you just said. Everyone else postures in every other major league sport, and for whatever reason, the MLB has declared that we yeah. can't have fun. And, like, it's goddamn. Can you imagine the feeling? And that was just – I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a Schwarber home run, but it was a bomb. And, like, yeah. it was it was one of those, like, moments. It was one of those moments that's going to be replayed from this season forever and ever. So um, good on you, Jose Bautista. Bautista. Um, I, think, I think despite the fact that he's 22, I think Kyle has the coolest bad flips. In baseball now, because no. he hits it, he hits it. He just stands there for a second, and then he just kind of—he's—it's like the old Todd Walker, disgusted bat flip. Except it, he didn't make an out. He just kind of like—he's—he's he's almost like, all right, I'm just gonna fucking leave the bat here. I'll be back in a second to get it. It is—it is the bat flip equivalent of a mic drop. He literally <laughs> yeah. lays the bat. It's fucking badass. He <laughs> like that's legitimately what I honestly want him in the World Series to hit one, hold it out, and just fucking mic drop. <laughs> Because like, oh my God, the kid, the, that kid. Well, whatever. Every 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 superlative about him has already been said, so I'm not even going to bother trying. But uh, they're in the NLCS for so had, the first time in a long time. They had a workout day today, and they were taking it pretty seriously. Did you see the footage of Rizzo practicing his bad flips in the cage? <laughs> They're not even pitching to him. And he's just he's taking swings and throwing the bat up into the top of the batting. It's just he's just bouncing the bat off the inside of the batting cage. He did it over and over again. Please do not hurt yourself doing that. Um so yes. Addison's not gonna play in the NLCS. Javi Baez presumably will get all the starts of shortstop. Yes. Well, they said Yes, they said they would have Starlin work out at shortstop the next couple of days. Sure, but he would he would only be used there in an emergency. Yeah, I mean you got it. He's well, he is. He'll be the backup shortstop now, in case they have to take Javi out for any reason. Starlin will have to go to short, and then right. I suppose um, Mr. Peepers will come in to play second base. But <laughs> um, and I I forget which Twitter follower first posted that, but it's perfect. I mean, if Lastella's <laughs> Walk off, or his bat flip should be that he grabs another ball from the ump and he eats it at home plate. Just, <laughs> of course, he never hits a home run, so we never have to see it. Ah, um, right. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm cool with Javi playing for a week. I think that'll be fine. He's. Oh, are you kidding? Like the storyline, if he is at anywhere near as heroic as he was in Game Four, 
game four. Um, th- that storyline is is terrific. Bobby's storyline is amazing. I think he hit eight hundred in the NLDS too. I think it was yeah. four for five. Yeah. So it's not like he just hit the home run. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I the one time that I really lost my shit during the entire series was his error in game three. Oh boy. Because it was just so, I mean, it was completely nonchalant. I think, I honestly think he was trying to convince himself, this is not a big deal. Right. I'm just going to flip this over there. And I just fucking lost it. I was yelling and screaming and the poor dog was hiding. And um, and because we know he's a really, he might be their best all-around defensive player. Yeah, probably. So he's probably not quite as good a defensive shortstop as Addison is. But he's really good. I mean, they won't yeah. lose much defensively. And as much as he strikes out, he's more of an offensive threat. Than mm-hmm. Addison is, so they're going to be fine. Totally, um, I I think I I lost it a little bit with Brian's error. Um, that was such the one a, when the one when Grim was pitching. Yep, so that was yeah. such a crucial. It was such a panic moment. Um, it was so crucial. Yeah, uh, but I think I've been relatively cool. I even was trying to calm down the guy I was with uh, <laughs> on Tuesday night when again we were four pitches in. I'm like. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. This team's going to be okay. Um, and sure enough. I do think it's funny that people assume that because of stuff I've written this year that I'm like, Mr. Cool, I understand. Oh, no, this is all going to be fine. <laughs> if, they were in, if they were in this basement with me any of the, any of the last two weeks, you know, I'm a fucking basket case just like everybody else. Yeah. Eli the, difference sh- is, the difference is – I worry that they might get beat, but I'm no longer worried that something embarrassingly catastrophic is going to happen. I mean, I just know that any baseball team can lose any game, so I get worried about that. But I'm not worried that there's going to be some horribly embarrassing like we've had, you know, the last couple of playoff appearances. But you it, know does, what? it doesn't mean I sit here like, oh, I know they're going to win this because they're the team of destiny. You know, what? Fucking idea. you know what cooled me down a little bit is knowing that even if something embarrassing or something disastrous happens, this they're they're not a one and done team. They're not like this is not going to be their only shot at this. And I know I get it. The Nationals, the I, the, everyone always points to that horror story. They're like, well, they thought that they were going to be a down, but they weren't built like the Cubs have been built. Um, and they don't have the players that the Cubs have. They have two super terrific players, and a, and you know one that can't stay healthy and. I just don't think that the Cubs are not going to be that that we're going to be back to being a, a, a sixty-nine win team next year. You know, yeah. I mean, I I have I do not want them to lose to the Dodgers or the Mets or the Royals or the Fuck Blue no. Jays. But I there was a for me at least there was a heightened sense of you cannot fucking lose to the Cardinals in the playoffs. You just I would I would rather they lost. I would have rather they lost the wild card game. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And like that's stupid yeah. to say. I felt the same way. Once you win a wild card, you have to beat the Cardinals because you have to do it for America. You have to, <laughs> you have to do it. You have to do it for the free world. They need to be stopped. It's up to you. The, the Giants are not around to help us anymore. It's up to you. You have okay. to do it. And okay. They did, it. did you see the Reddit post by some fucking Cardinals fan that said the Cardinals are the real world champions? Yeah, I did see that. Because they won, they're the only team who won a hundred games in the toughest division in major, in maybe in Major League Baseball history. Yet, both the Cubs and Cardinals now both have won hundred one games this yeah, season. That's what I'm gonna say. That undercuts his argument, and that right now they have the same number of wins. And the fact that the Cubs had to win their last four against the two teams ahead of them in the toughest division in baseball ever. So that just shows that the delusional fucking. Well, let's not even give them any airtime. Fuck the Cardinals. I don't, I don't remember who said it. it. Might have been the great, the great. I say that with all the disdain possible. The great Buster Olney, mm-hmm. who said that if this if this was the NCAA tournament, the Cubs have the equivalent of they've beaten Kentucky and Duke mm-hmm. in the first two rounds, um, because and, the three best teams in baseball were the Cardinals, the Pirates, and the Cubs, yeah. and now it's just the Cubs. They're the only ones that are left. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. It's not like they're. It's not like they're Baylor. They're, I don't even really know NCAA. They're like UConn. Uh, UConn's still pretty good, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the NCAA that well. Um, but uh, but it's not like the yeah exactly. They, yeah, sure they're the underdog in their two first games just by virtue of the regular season. But 
And everyone, not everyone forgets, but like what the national media doesn't want to cover is the Cubs were the hottest team in baseball coming into the postseason. And and the the Pittsburgh was hot. With the playoffs, they've won 12 out of the last 13 games, I think. I think that's pretty good. I'm not a mathematician. I think you go 12 and 1, that's probably pretty good. Let's go 20 out of 21, though. That would be. Yeah, there's no reason to lose another game now. Just for my own sanity, I'd like you to keep just keep winning. Um, but, uh, so, I, the, to me, the best part of this is that they, because they're going to play either New York or LA, it's going to be the third biggest media market with either the first or the second. We're done with the fucking three o'clock in the afternoon yeah, starts. As God. cool as it is to see Wrigley in the daytime, that was really cool. I, that basically, game I basically haven't. I basically haven't worked for the last two weeks because I just keep leaving. Like, oh, I've got to. That's right. I have horrible explosive diarrhea. I have to go home now. So I, I, don't in, I don't think anybody's buying it anymore. So now at least <laughs> I don't have to use that as an excuse. I in April went to Ireland. Right around uh, like April eighth or April 9th, tenth, someone. So did you go to Ireland, the country, or did you go to the little exhibit they have at Epcot? Because I've been there a few times. It's pretty nice. <laughs> I went to so the country. The Irish, the Irish restaurant in Epcot has this huge picture of Bono, which I just it just cracks me up every time I see it. I'm like, you guys do know he's not actually the president of Ireland, right? <laughs> it's he's a he's a rock star. There's a different. <laughs> well, stars getting a little. Um, yeah. Uh, so I went to Ireland. So I was I was desperately trying to finish my taxes. I'm self-employed, um, and they're not super complicated. But I always procrastinate to the last minute, so they feel super complicated on April 14th. So I realized I was stressing myself out. I'm like, I'm just gonna file an extension. Got back from Ireland. I'm like, oh great, I got six months to do it. If, if you're aware, it's procrastinators tax day today. So. I was not expecting. I thought the Cubs were going to win 85 games, have a nice little season, finish third in the Central. I was not expecting this. <laughs> come, come August, come September, come October. So um, I had a lot of taxes to do uh, last night, which I was up till 5 in the morning doing, doing my taxes. That's why I'm celebrating now. Um, I did get them done. But Cubs, just so you're aware – I forgot to write off my cell phone bill <laughs> specifically because I've been wasting a lot of time actually writing about you and thinking about you and tweeting about you and watching you. So um, I appreciate it. I love it. And you guys owe me like whatever that ends up, maybe 50 bucks. I think I think I should get a free ticket to the NLCS. Is what I'm, saying. I'm going to game – well, if they – as long as they split over the weekend, well, not as long as they, but if, if I hope the Cubs win both, if the Cubs win both, I'm going to game three, probably. If they don't, if it's a split, I'm probably going to game five, which I think will be a clinching game because I think the Cubs are taking it five. I don't care who comes out of the, out of the Dodgers Mets series. I think it's going to be Cubs in five. So game five would be Lester again. Probably. probably. Yeah, once again, the poor guy, you know, Arietta's going to go on normal rest, so he's going to pitch. Um, actually, he's getting an extra day, right? Because normal rest would have been Saturday. They're going to give Jake an extra day and not make John have an extra week or whatever it would be. Right. So the Cubs have to settle for the guy with the second lowest ERA in World Series history, pitching for them at the start of the NLCS. Yeah. You know, if, you have to, if you have to slum it, that's a pretty good way to slum it. Yeah. It's not bad. And John Lester was very good against the Cardinals. So shut up, whoever's trying to write the narrative that he's not worth his money. He was very good against the Cardinals. Not worth his money. Doesn't he make like $2.5 million or something ridiculously low? I mean, he's he's certainly worth – I'm sure Gordon, you know, is you know thinks everybody's overpaid because he's this has to be a prick about everything. He's not overpaid. Now, as far as taxes go, I don't know what you're talking about because I declared myself a nonprofit a long time ago. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to pay taxes. I just fill out some bullshit form and I have a – I have my aunt is a nun and she signs it and I'm all good. Wasn't that Dusty Baker's plan? Mm-hmm. That's who I got the idea from. I think it's pretty much bulletproof, right? I mean, Dusty's fine. He's never had a run in with the IRS. I got to tell you, as as enjoyable as this cup run has been and the entire season has been, it is infuriating to see Dusty Baker employed by the MLB <laughs> network. 
Like it is the funny thing is he, infuriating. He keeps picking the Cubs. Does he? I mean, I, I, oh, the I, Cubs are gonna win. I really like them. They're gonna win. It's like okay, thanks. We already had one of these goddamn World Series if you weren't a fucking idiot. <laughs> this first would have been over a long time ago. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, this is the second time in 12 years they're going to win the World Series. That doesn't seem like that long away. But no, you had to screw that up, so we don't have that. Hang on a second, though. Think about this. If he had won it in his first year as a Cub manager. Would he still be there? He might still be the goddamn Cub manager. <laughs> and what a disaster that would be. We might not have the Ricketts. Yeah. Cubs, Cubs have finished fourth for the last nine years. But remember, Dusty won a World Series. He can stay right? as long as he wants. Think of what. Think of the cash cow that team would have been for for the last dozen years. And the, maybe the Tribune doesn't sell them. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they would have, or if they did, they'd have sold them for more to God knows who. I'm the still, Nazis. If we're doing revisionist yeah, history, it, yeah. yeah, they would have sold to the Nazis. Yeah, I could see that. The Third Reich <laughs> owning the Cubs. <laughs> and here comes Pedro Stowe, Stroke contractually obligated to goose step in from the bullpen. Here's Stroke. What if Stroke was goose stepping when Brian hit the walk off home run? Don't they wouldn't have any of those guys. I'll tell you what, if the Nazis owned the team, Brian Schlitter would still be on it. I guarantee that. <laughs> and Stroke would not. Yeah. Oh, boy. We're walking down a path. Um, yeah, we probably, probably shouldn't go. Okay, so. You, First of all, who do you think is going to come out? I I hope it's the Dodgers, even though they're up three to two. Well, I still suspect it's three to two in the top of the eighth now. I, I'm so, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean looking, the Dodgers. Looking, I hope like, it's, looking like the Mets, but you I, know the Mets can still fuck this up because they're no, the Mets. I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say. I hope it's the Mets. I I you know it's not just because it comes when seven and zero against them or six and zero or whatever it was against them. Um, I I hope it's the Mets. Um, I'm still more scared of the Dodgers, even though the Cubs handled Granky and handled uh, uh, Kershaw. Um, I'm still more scared of the Dodgers in seven games than I am of the Mets. Yeah, I know see, the Mets had phenomenal pitching, but... Um, did you see today that this morning Matt Harvey announced that he he would be available yeah. out of the bullpen today? Yeah. Which you know is the biggest pile of bullshit yeah. ever. He's he's not a, he's Matt Clement. He's not available. He won't go sit in the dugout in the bullpen. He just wanted to claim that he's available so people will get off his ass about the fact that he doesn't want to pitch in the playoffs because he's trying to rest his arm. He wants to cash in. It's like if you're going to do that, just have the fucking balls to say no. I just got this thing fully pitching once a series. Sorry, because yeah. I yeah. I need to make a shitload of money before I'm done. Yeah. But he doesn't have the balls to do that either. As soon as I saw that, I just laughed and said, "What a transparent piece of shit that is." Yeah. Um, I think I think the Cubs are better than either one of these teams. I agree. No, no guarantee you're going to beat them, but I think they're right. better than both. The the plus for the Dodgers would be that because they had to pitch Kershaw on short rest two days ago, and then Granky tonight, you would get game one would be Lester against probably Brett Anderson. Yeah, so you'd have a good chance of going up one zero before you have to face either Granky or Kershaw. The I think the best thing about the Yankees is I think that their offensive the resurgence. Still in it. I mean the Mets, but New York, whatever. There's, like, there's a difference. I think the Mets' offensive resurgence at the end of the year was overblown. Yeah, it was I mean, Cespedes is a nice player, but he's not yeah. fucking. He's not Babe Ruth. No, he's. I don't. Good. Think, I still don't think their offense is that good. And yes, their pitching is good, but uh, except for Familia at the end, their bullpen's not very good. Right. And the Cubs wear out starters and get into your bullpen. Yeah. I mean, I. It to me, it, it they should beat both teams. Here's Jesse Rogers had a brilliant I claim. Just think how dumb this. I mean, I know he's dumb. This was the dumbest. He said, "I think the Cubs should root for the Dodgers to win because they don't hit well in cold weather, and then you'd have you'd have three games in Los Angeles or four games in Los Angeles." Wait. The and there will be eight games in Los Angeles, and you can't hit the fucking ball out of that place with a goddamn cannon. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and it's not January. It's October. It'll be okay. Also, he's, like, well, he's like, Jorge Soler doesn't hit very well in the cold. Do we shouldn't really that, know that? Shouldn't that cut the other way, though? Any, even if that were his argument and it were actually factually accurate, then wouldn't you want the – wait, yes. what? You'd want it to be hard to hit. Because your team hits better than their team. Does. Yeah. It was the same, like, when people were freaked out, the game through the wind was blowing out. I was like, that's fine. Because I would rather have Arietta pitching on a day when it's easy. The Cubs should yeah. have a huge advantage, and they did. Yeah. 
yeah, if anyone could keep the ball, could could keep that game reasonable, and with the wind blowing out the way it was, Arietta and yeah, probably Lester were about your only two options to keep that game within reach, and that's exactly what it yeah, did. Yeah, I would not. I don't want Kyle Hendricks pitching with the wind blowing forty miles an hour to right field. That's a recipe for disaster. I God damn it! I love Kyle Hendricks so much, though. Well, like, I guess he's the guy who's going to give up fly balls. Right, right, right. They're going to keep going. But if it's Jake or Johnny, I'm an unabashed. Who apparently has Eddie Vedder hangs out on his roof all the time. Who knew? Who knew that Eddie Vedder just hung out on John Lester's roof? That's pretty cool. I um, I'm an unabashed. He hangs out on my roof. Fucking raccoons. Yanni. No, Yanni and his goddamn <laughs> pan flute, and I can't get him up. The good thing is he actually scares the raccoons away. I don't have raccoons because I have, I have this. Doug Henning lookalike playing the fucking pan flute on the roof of my house. And property values have never been worse. Thank you, Yanni. I, I, I send emails to Linda Evans. She won't come get him because apparently they're divorced. I don't know. How's that? You didn't think you get a Yanni reference, did you? No, or a Linda Evans reference. Nice. Um, so uh, we should probably start wrapping this up because we're a little over an hour. We've been trying to keep these around an hour. but uh, Although our viewership is way up. It's all the way to 14. You haven't given us a pick. It's 15. Uh, I'm saying, I'm gonna I'm saying Cubs in five, no matter uh, who it comes out. I think I do think the Dodgers are going to come out, even though I hope it's the Mets. I'm still saying Cubs in five. Mets in four. <laughs> I think it's over for the Cubs. I don't have any confidence in them anymore. Oh, my I God. Didn't like gonna, I, I didn't like what Cardinals. I saw. I didn't like what I saw in the Cardinal series. All right. No, um, yeah, I would say I think it's Cubs in I'd like to see five because it'd be fun to see him clinch another series at Wrigley. And I will I think, be there probably. <laughs> I think it'll be I think it'll be Cubs in six. That's cool. Um, and then in the American League, I I really hope I, it's the. I Royals. don't know what's going on with the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays aren't going to pitch David Price now until Game Two. I uh, yeah. Because they, because they burned him in relief, didn't have him for Game Five. Um. I think Toronto's better than Kansas City, but I don't know that they're going to be Kansas. City. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's a real talk, and I think the Cubs are better than both those teams too. But Toronto, for some reason, scares me more than Kansas City. But you know what? But, this is for next podcast. We that's we, right. we have, have to look at we have we a championship to series to get through. Let's not look ahead. Um, who's your Who's your pick to click? Yes. Um, I think my NLCS MVP is. Javier Baez. I was I would have gone with that, but I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to say Johnny Lester. I'm I think Lester has two shutouts. I think he wins game one. Well, I mean, he probably doesn't go the whole way, but I don't think he gives up a run in this game series. one and game five. Game one and game five. I don't think he gives up a run. Uh, you know, goes I, at least seven. I would have. You know, I I think it's probably established. Chris Basio and and Joe Mann are probably a little bit smarter than me about pitching. <laughs> I would have flipped – I would have had Arietta pitch game one again. Me too. Because I feel like he could have pitched game one and then game five, and then you could have used him in relief in game – like he could have seven. come riding in on a white horse like Madison Bumgarner in game seven if there was yeah. a game seven. I agree. Where I, don't, I don't think you would bring Lester back in game seven. Because Lester like a guy who needs like who needs like an hour and a half to get ready to pitch. That, I think Arietta, you basically hand him the ball in the dugout, and he heads out and says, "Fuck it, I'll be ready." Don't worry. I agree. I, I also think less the big the biggest. If you have a knock on Lester, the biggest knock on Lester is that he takes an inning to get settled. If he's if you're going to get to Lester, you're going to get to him in the first inning or second. Inning. I think. And like, I think the, the reason they, I think the reason I think they didn't want Lester to have yet another day to wait, yeah. and I think they felt like. I forget what the other reason was. I had two reasons. I don't know. Um, I'll give you a second reason. Lester but has a pretty good postseason record. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's, he's pretty good in the postseason. So, um, and he was pretty good against the Cardinals. Oh um, yeah. He, if if the if the strike zone hadn't been the size of, you know, uh, Colorado, he probably would have had a two to one lead going into the eighth. And after he gave up the one hit, he would have been out. Although Pedro probably would have come in yeah. and given up a home run. He pitched really well in game one. I um, mean, honestly, he probably outpitched the mouth breather, but yeah. for whatever reason, Lackey. And what is the deal with him licking his hand from like the his, wrist to yeah, the fingertips between every? It was just I. I know it's apparently legal now because you're allowed to, on the rubber to do that. It's just disgusting. 
I keep waiting for him to just like clean, just like clean, start cleaning. Um, He's like the world's biggest hairless cat. He's just (laughs) lubing up his hands and just rubbing them all over himself. And for the people who are freaking out about your last comment, all 14 of you, um, yes, the the strike zone was better than we think it was. We it that's born. If you believe well, yeah, we it, know, we know the TBS. Their little thing. Theirs was, was horrible. But, but I don't think there's any question that Lackey had a bigger strike zone than Lester did. I I, I agree. If you and and certain people in the Cub blogosphere will argue with me, but uh, all right. Well, can I? It's late, so I can say whatever I want. The the two two of our more prominent Chicago bloggers who tweet. Super Dave Sharma, whatever you say his first name, and Brett Taylor never actually say anything. I mean, can I just say that? They they tweet a lot, and they qualify everything. <laughs> well, it might be this, or it might be this. Have a fucking... Just take a stand on something once, please. Like, say Solaire is going to go off before the DS. Um, no, I will say this, though. Uh, uh, it's just, if you look, I think it was, uh, st- they used the StatCast or whatever those cameras are. Um, six Cubs were called out on strikes on balls yeah. out of the zone, and only two Cardinals were. So, well, I mean, said four, four of the six Cub called strikes should have been balls. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, four oh, of the six I, called Cub strikeouts. Strike three was a should have been a ball. Oh, that's what it was. It was and, I thought it was six. And, ne- total and neither ball. and neither of the, the Cardinals had two call strikes, and both of those were strikes. Okay, okay, so that's what, oh, so is it okay? So like a six, six things sway or whatever. Okay, so it was it was it, somebody argued with me that it was consistent, and I argued that, um, and I feel like the stats bore me out. So fuck you, whoever argues with me. Yeah, I know we're supposed to be wrapping this up, but I need to make another point. No, no, no. We, it's not like one, of, one of the more impressive things I thought Joe did, because I wouldn't have done this. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joe who? Um, Joe Mama. Joe <laughs> Madden. He's the manager of the Chicago Cubs. I thought, you, you, have heard of him. I thought you meant Country Joe West. Well, I wish. He's, he hasn't gotten a playoff. I'm sure they're waiting, saving him for the World Series. Well, fuck me. Go um, on. Was after he saw Pedro pitching game one, would anybody have let him pitch against the Cardinals again? Totally. Not, no way. So he did make a concession. He had uh, T-Bone, our buddy, the Pillsbury outboy, um, Trevor Cahill. Trevor he, he pitched ball. He pitched the eighth inning of game three, or two, excuse me, in St. Louis. But then at was three great. and four, Joe's like, fuck it. Pedro's supposed to pitch the eighth, and he's got to get these guys out. Yeah. And he was pretty good in game three. In game four, he was fucking awesome. Yeah. They weren't going to hit him. He dominated Yep, the Cardinals. It was it was great to see. Plus the fact that just an inning before, the Cardinal fans got all pissed off because Fernando Rodney had I was his hat about on to say that. and then he did for the first time as a Cub. He and you could tell on his way off, he said, "Fuck it, I'm just going to do it." He did the he did the arrow the thing on his way off the field, so that got him all pissed off. And then you bring in the other guy with the fucked up hat, and he completely plows through your lineup. I was just about to say that the place went bananas when Rodney did, did <laughs> shot the arrow into the air. It was so. So fucking cool. It was a perfect moment for him. I love that he picked. I mean, I do a fair amount of comedy. And you have to pick. You definitely have to pick your spots. And, you and like, he, I bet he had that in the back of his mind the entire time he's been a Cub so far. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going to use it when, I, when, when it's such a huge moment. It was so cool. It was so gratifying. And, like, for you guys that are, are pissed about that and pissed about Batista's bat flip, like, the MLB is in no danger of becoming the WWE. Like it's not even danger in danger of becoming the NFL. So have some fucking fun. Like we're watching this because it's a sport that we love and it's exciting. And I like the helmet rub. There are some baseball purists that probably think the helmet rub is showing people up. It's the, it's fun and this should be fun. And the reason the Cubs are where they are. Well, the reason they are where they are is because they're talented. They're, They're a really well constructed team. But um, I think we've talked about it all season long, you and I have, that this team is far too dumb to know. They, they're, they're playing loose largely because of Madden, and they always say that, the, that, it, that a club takes on the, the attitude of its manager, and they could not have found a more perfect – I don't know if he's the best manager in baseball. I personally think he is, but he's the best 
person on the planet to lead this club. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that. Like, in the thing I wrote that everyone should read because it was so good. It was, um, good. It was very good. It was very very good. Oh, that's nice. Um, I they would have been good this year, even if they still had Ricky, but they wouldn't be this good. They would have been eighty five wins good, which yeah. is great. And, for and we would have thought it was awesome. We would have been yeah. holy crap! Look how good I, they are. I would have been thrilled. The the thing I think Jock does better than anybody is. It seems like players come to the Cubs and they are immediately comfortable. Like, mm-hmm. you know what your role is. All you have to do is do it. The rest of the bullshit that other teams do, like, you know, rookie Schwarber basically said it, and he had one of the most unbelievable post-games interviews of all time. The first thing, he comes in, he's late, and he comes waddling into the set, and he, like, sits down on his chair, and the whole podium, like, shakes when he sits down. <laughs> and then they ask him about it, and he says – the best thing about this team is you get called up as a rookie and they just let you play baseball. There's none of this bullshit. There's no Phil Nevin isn't screaming at you all the time because you're a rookie and wants you to carry shit around the clubhouse for him and go get coffee and all that bullshit. Um, they basically, their attitude is we need you to win games. So we're going to make you comfortable and just come in here and do that. Um, you know, he's, he's unbelievable at handling a bullpen. I mean, yeah. you know, Basio obviously is a huge part of that, Yeah. but I mean, Joe basically, he would well. What he said during the broadcast, you want to see that because you were at the game, Mister Fancy Pants. Yeah, I was probably he said, celebrating with. But he felt Tom like Ricketts. the bullpen. Maybe the great Brian Anderson who said this, um, because Hamill did, got, didn't make it through the fourth. Right, he he got pulled in the fourth. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the bullpen was an inning behind. Joe had it all planned out for Hamill to go four, and then they were going to go from that. Well, it was behind. You know, they they were having to make up for a full inning, and he still managed to get everybody through it. He probably went one batter longer with Cahill than he wanted because he, he wasn't yeah. ready to yank him yet. Um, but just the fact that you know, if you look at the games they won, they Lester pitched really well and they lost. Arietta didn't pitch that great, but he pitched okay and they won. The Cardinals are sure had to kick themselves. They lost the series. That day. When it's not so bad that they didn't beat Kyle Hendricks because their defense imploded, but when Kyle wasn't or when Jake wasn't good and they didn't win, they were fucked. Yep. So they win a game when Hendricks doesn't get to the fifth and when Hamill doesn't get through the fourth. I mean, when was the last Cub manager that could have somehow navigated that? Yeah. Dusty would have stood there and shit his pants. He wouldn't yeah. have had a. He wouldn't have had a clue what to do. He would have just left Hamill out there and said, "Dude, my starting pitcher's got to go five innings, dude." Yeah. And so it would have been, you know. Eight to four by the time Joe, they took Hamill out. Joe can improvise. Like, look at what he's look at what he's dealt with. I mean, do you think Dusty Baker would have ever started Chris Bryant in center field because he's not no. short and old and because black? Dusty has Dusty had defined roles for everybody, right. and it wasn't even based on the player. It was based yeah. on the type of player. Right. Like, oh, my center fielder has to lead off, yeah. no matter who exactly. he is. And your and second, second baseman has, has to bat yeah. second. It's just the dumbest shit. Um, Joe, none of that crosses Joe's mind. Totally. It's all about the, the putting the player in the best possible position for them to actually succeed. Um, and I know we're getting out of here again, but you brought up his name, so I had to. I was shocked to see this. Phil Nevin is getting manager consideration. Uh, How is I'll, why? I think How? it's been long enough that I can say this. In, in two thousand <laughs> two thousand seven, I think my wife and I went to. My wife's family lives in Phoenix. We went out to Phoenix in the springtime, and I emailed Len Casper and said, "Hey, we want let's let's go to dinner." So the three of us go to dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and my wife and Len Casper. My wife, she knows so much about baseball. This is what she asked Len. The one. How do question. you know Andy? No, yeah. How do you know? Have you guys met? <laughs> she says. Um, but she asked a great question. But she didn't know she was asking a great question. She said, has there been anybody in baseball that you just really hate? Ha! And he looks at me and he says, you can't tell anybody what I answered. And Wait I a minute. No, it's, well, obviously it's we all eight, know the punchline of this, but can yeah, are you comfortable? It's, it's been eight years. I can say it. And Len says, honestly, he said, of all the years with the Brewers and with the Cubs, there's really only one person that I just can't stand. Wait, it's Phil. Marlins. Was oh, the Marlins? Marlins. That's right. Yeah, the Marlins, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Marlins, and the Brewers. And he says, the only person I really can't stand was Phil Nevin. <laughs> and this is Len. This is a guy who can get along with, I think, probably anybody in the world. Yeah. And he just thought Phil Nevin was the biggest asshole he'd ever met. And now there's all these teams just tripping over their dicks to try to hire Phil Nevin to be their manager. I guarantee you it's going to be a disaster. So to, give you, 
to give you an idea of what a kind soul Len Casper is, the first time I met him, I was a little bit starstruck, to be honest with you. Like I hadn't, you know, I wasn't sort of, you know, I, we sort, I sort of knew Paul Sullivan, our good friend, Paul Sullivan. And, uh, but I was a little starstruck. He was, he was new to the Cubs and I was a little bit drunk. We were at the Cubs convention and I asked him, like, (laughs) well, it was early in the night. I asked him a series of what had to have been the stupidest questions on the planet. (laughs) And this is a man that can interview Kelly Pickler without making people literally was, stop watching TV forever. That's, that's one of the great seventh inning stretch interviews. Oh my God. So like, he must've just been like, and I, I could, I could sense in the back of my mind. I'm like, there is another dumb question. And like Len was such a gracious, like he just answer each progressively more idiotic question with just, just a very calmness, just a very friendly welcomingness, probably looking for the exits. But, uh, but yeah, if you can't get along with Len Casper, that's on you. Yeah. Well, here's here's what a good guy he is. Well, we hadn't even met yet. We'd only emailed back and forth, and it was a Cub convention. And I said, "Hey, I said if I, I said we'll all be in shitty OKs after the stupid opening ceremonies. If you'd like, to, you know, I'd like to buy you a beer. That'd be fun." So he said, "Sure." He said, "I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be in there. You know what I look like. Come find me." And um, so I'm there with my dad. And I lost dad in shitty OKs somehow, but I find Len. And so I'm talking to him, and I said, I need to go find my dad because, um, you know, I want him to meet you before we leave. And um, so if I'm an asshole, so if things were reversed, I would have been like, yeah, that's fine. I'll be here, you know, bring your dad to me. And Len's like, well, let's go find him. So the two of us are wandering around the bar trying to find him. And my dad just kind of looks at him like, oh, I think I know. That's got to be Len Casper. And um, so Len sees him before I do. And he's like, hey, are you Andy's dad? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And they met each other before I could introduce them. He couldn't have been nicer. And so, you know, we, we talked to him for 15 or 20 minutes. And then we, you know, he's got better things to do than talk to a couple of dopes from, you know, the sticks. And um, that's all they had talked about the whole next day and the whole trip home was what a great guy Len Casper was and how cool it was to meet him. And, you know, I mean, it took Len an extra two minutes to do that as opposed to what a normal person would do. And, you know, my dad just thought he was the coolest guy ever. So no, I mean, it's, no. they, have, they have him and Pat and now Jim Deshays. And I love you know, Deshays. You know, they're in, you know, the Cubs are in pretty good hands as far as people. And the fact that right now on radio, they get, you know, Len gets the fifth inning. So Coomer doesn't have to do that anymore. And then in game three, he got some pretty big home runs to call. I mean, that was pretty cool because you feel bad for the TV guy because when the playoffs start, he's done. Well, the Cubs have managed to find a spot for Len, you know, to do cool stuff, you know, once the regular season's over. Now, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Len because he's a sweetheart, but, uh, are you sure he wasn't just trying to get away from me when he offered to? Yeah, he might have been. <laughs> He's like, let's go find your dad or any other <laughs> or anyone who's else. not this guy. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is with this guy? <laughs> okay. Like, he goes, I think he went to Notre Dame. And the reason I think that is because within the first 30 seconds of the conversation, he told me he went to Notre Dame. Oh, very good. Very good. I've heard that joke. Uh, Len, went, Len went to Marquette. Yes, I know. I applied to Marquette for undergrad and for law school. He's he's no fan of yours. Couldn't get in, so you had to go to Notre Dame. You couldn't get in Northern, so you had to go to Notre Dame. Is that how that works? That is. That's why. All right, guys. Guys, it's just you. Um, All right. So that was tidy. She's asleep now. Oh, Beezy's awake. Hey, Bees. With her ever ever present tennis ball that never is more than two feet away from her at any one time. If the Cubs win the World Series, can you rename Beasley to a Cub-related name? No, I think she's stuck. But she does. She always wears a Cub. Um, what do you call it? Her collar is a Chicago Cub collar. All right. And in the winter, she wears a Cub T-shirt, which is my oh. wife likes to put clothes on dogs. So I got her a Cub one. Very good. Andy, I hope we. No, do. she won't be renamed, but. Uh, just think, if we do another one of these, it means the Cubs are in the World Series. If, what if we do two more of them? Well, that would be pretty cool if we do the wrap-up. I think, for me, the 
obviously I want them to win the World Series. But if I really? die I'm, without I'm them ever being without them ever being in one, I think I will have felt I failed as a fan. I need to see them. There needs to be a World Series game in my lifetime at Wrigley Field. Yeah. Um, I I think you know I I think they're going to do it right now, which would be I, pretty pretty goddamn cool. I agree. But, that 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 will be insanity, though. Like, that. I mean, there are. We, again, I'm, I'm repeating myself a million times, but they're so far ahead of where they should be right now. If they win the goddamn World Series, like, I I don't even know if I'll watch them next year. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, oh my god, we can't we can't beat that. Like, this is whatever. Well, I, I'm Let's pretty sure it. I'll watch them. I don't know that I'll wear pants <laughs> at all when I watch them. Um, you know, I part of me thinks that this is this is that they almost need to win it this year because this is the year that there's for whatever they've somehow managed to make it this far without the extra bullshit pressure of you're only starting to hear it now. Well, they haven't won a World Series in 107 years. They haven't done this. Blah 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 blah. They've somehow won 97 years without any of that shit because they surprised everybody so much. They don't have. They don't carry any of that extra baggage that every other Cub playoff team has carried since. Well, they haven't had that many, and so if they can just somehow get through this and win it, they will manage to win the World Series without having ex- any of that extra shit on them. Where say they lose to the, well, let's say it's going to be the Mets. Say they lose to the Mets in six or seven games. Yeah. From the from the minute the season again. ends yeah. until spring training, it's all about what are they going to do to make you know they need to win one more game. They need to do whatever. Um, it'll never be – it's still going to be good. I mean, yeah. I, this team has too many cool guys on it, and they're, they're too good. But they'll never be quite like this. And so you almost hope right. just plow through it right now before anybody is any of the wiser that you're good. Win the goddamn World Series, and you never have to deal with that shit again. Now you're just another really good team that's trying to win more World Series. Yeah. Okay. And for all the people out there who are selfishly like, oh, I don't know. You know there were like the asshole caller to the score the other day who said, I want them to – I don't want them to win the World Series this year. Maybe if they could just like get to the World Series next year and then win it the year after that, it's like fuck you. Yeah, win the goddamn thing. You know the Cardinals have won twelve of the goddamn things. We've got to win the next ten in a row, which I think we're going to, just to tie those motherfuckers. And the whole idea is to be better than they are. So we got to get on the fucking stick. We wasted a century. It's time to stop with this bullshit and just keep winning. Yeah, and piggybacking on that, Cubs. I'm talking to you directly right now. I should have done my taxes in May, but instead I had to stay up. So, like, just do it, do it, strike while the iron's hot, do it right off the bat, and then next year I'll get everything organized and all my taxes done in like March. Yeah, that's a good life lesson from you for the Cubs. Don't progress. Also, you guys, do your taxes because Dusty Baker taught us the government will come after you. I, that's the only thing that stops them. Say next year. They find out Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant are going to jail for tax evasion. Tax evasion. That's, That's how they got bad. Capone. That's how they got Capone. That's right. That's how our corner infield, all-star corner infielders are gone. And then next year on opening day, we've got uh, Chris Coglin and, <laughs> and Tommy no, Lestella. It's not, it's not quite – well, that would be all right. <laughs> okay. On that note, I all want right. to get one last bell point of reference in there. Thank you all for listening. We really okay. want to do two more of these. Yeah, I can't. I don't even want to think ahead. I cannot wait. Um, see you all on Twitter on Saturday. Yep, it's gonna be, it's gonna be exciting. It's, uh, it's. I don't think any, even the most optimistic of us didn't really think this was gonna happen this soon. Nope. So, I thought eighty-five wins was the most optimistic. Like, oh, whatever. I'm an idiot. But uh, follow Andy at at discipio.com, All spelled out. On Twitter, and follow me on at Higher Jamesian. Yep. All right. See you on the interwebs. Bye, Dolan. Go Cubs! Yay.